Amen. So much. I love that beautiful song. That I like that part. That Christ has regarded. <laughs> so say my helpless estate. That Christ. Has, now, of course, before we got saved, we were helpless. But sometimes, even after we're saved, life gets to us and we feel helpless. But you know what? It doesn't matter. He regards. He's thinking about you. Amen. He's thinking about you. The Lord says, what? That time when we were yet without strength, right? In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. We were yet without strength. Amen. Thank God. He regards. All right. Trivia question. Now, this morning we talked about what we called the triumphal entry. But tonight, what I want to look at, what I call the real triumphal entry. Now, think about that. They call where we read this morning, Matthew 21, you know, it's called the triumphal entry. But tonight I want to look at what I'm going to call the real triumphal entry or a real triumphal entry because, amen, if you want to put it that way. So where do you think I might be reading from? Where do you think I might be reading from if I say the real or a real triumphal entry? Somebody raise your hand. Yes. Revelation. Revelation okay. Somebody else? Okay, just a no. No, it's not Revelation, but good guess. So where else? Where else? Think. One of the Gospels about the resurrection. One of the Gospels about the resurrection. Good thought. Not it. There you go with your questions again. <laughs> Old Testament. Old Testament. Old Testament. I mean, when I was reading about the triumphal, I mean, this is this uh, this when I was reading over there Matthew one. Actually, when I thought about the triumphal entry, this is these are the first verses that actually came to my mind. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. But think, 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 think. All right. If you give up, stand on your head. No, huh? Anybody? Okay, I'm going to bring it down. The Book of Psalms. Which Psalm? Which psalm might I be reading from? Which psalm? We'll give a second, then we'll, I'll tell you where to turn. All right. Is it the psalm that talks about the, the king of glory? I think it's Psalm 24. Very good. Very good. Psalm 24. Let's turn there. Psalm 24. Psalm 24. All right. Psalm 24. All right, we'll read there. Psalm 24. Psalm 24, verses 1 through 10. Say this. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, he that hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Verse 7, 
Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory, Selah. Let us pray again. Heavenly Father, we come before you through the blood and name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we're so glad there's still power in the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I'm so glad for the day that uh, Jesus ascended on high. And uh, Lord, I'm glad for the day that he applied, amen, his blood, the incorruptible blood of Jesus Christ was applied to the mercy seat. And right now it's working on our behalf. It, it cleansed us from all unrighteousness. Uh, dear God, and uh, uh, it uh, played its part in redeeming us. And Lord, even today, the reason we stay saved, <laughs> part of our eternal security is the fact that the blood is still working on our behalf. And we're thankful for that. And God, we are thankful for who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And again, glorious day, dear God, that he came into our life. Lord, again, if there's somebody listening here that's not saved, today be a good day for that to happen. Lord, we pray for our children, pray for our young people that each one of them would know you at a young age and have a desire to live for you all the days of their life. Lord, we thank you for our faithful senior saints, dear God, that at this age and stage of life, they're setting an example and being a testimony. And dear God, help us just to uh, desire you and be faithful. And God, thank you for your faithful people tonight to listen in and to be here. Again, we pray for the meeting coming up. Be with the the primes as they're traveling tomorrow. And Lord, uh, help uh, uh, those to help each of us to commit that we're going to uh, be there each night of the meeting, each uh, point of time of the meeting. And Lord, I pray that you'd bring some people in that haven't been able to make it in a while. Give us wisdom about maybe some people we can invite. But again, Lord, help us with this portion of scripture. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, uh, perhaps uh, this psalm was written uh, maybe after one of David's great victories. Some say it might have been. Uh, some say it might have been written, you know, after the victory over Absalom. Some say it might have been uh, uh, written uh, when he was bringing the ark uh, uh, back. But no doubt, it had maybe something to do with one of David's great victories, and as he was returning uh, uh, to Jerusalem. So that's probably you know what, what the occasion for the writing. But we know the Lord uh, had it written. But I believe it shows a wonderful picture of Christ entering the holy gates. Amen. A wonderful picture of Christ entering the holy gates. And so I think in these pictures, at least in verses 7 through 10, though we'll look at all the verses, you see uh, a, a real triumphal entry and what it looks like. Now, uh, when you study the Psalms, sometimes some of the Psalms are grouped together. So if you look at Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and Psalm 24, they're sort of grouped together. In Psalm 22, in Psalm 22, what a beautiful psalm that is, uh, concerning the Lord at Calvary, concerning the Lord at Calvary, there you see the Lord's grace. In Psalm 22, you find the Lord's grace in dying for us. Just one verse out of that. Psalm 22:16 says, for the dogs have compassed me. Amen. The Gentiles, right? Those Roman soldiers were there. The Gentiles uh, compassed him. It says, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. That included everybody that was there. Then it says, they pierced my hands and my feet. 
Isn't that an amazing prophecy about Jesus Christ's hands, the, uh, the Messiah's hands, being, hands and feet being pierced? And we know that wasn't a way that, that the Jews put people to death. That was the way the Romans put people to death. But of course, the Lord, knowing all things, he knew the Romans would be in charge at that time and, uh, and that they would be, uh, 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 have a form of death, the crucifixion. So in Psalm 22, again, we see the Lord's grace and we see that picture of him dying for us. So Psalm 22, the Lord's grace. In Psalm 23, we see what? We see the Lord's goodness in caring for us. We see his grace in Psalm 22 in dying for us. But then in the next uh, Psalm, Psalm 23, we see his goodness in caring for us as a wonderful uh, shepherd. Amen. The shepherd and bishop of our souls. Psalm 23, 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Why don't I want? Because he's a good God. Amen. He's a wonderful uh, 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 shepherd. Say, who, hey, who did he leave those sheep with? He left them with himself. Amen. <laughs> He's the good shepherd. So in Psalm 23, we see the Lord's goodness. But here in Psalm 24, we see the Lord's glory. Amen. So we see his grace in Psalm 22. We see his goodness in Psalm 23. And here in Psalm 24, we see the Lord's glory. Uh, just uh, you, you look at verse 8 as an example. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Boy, aren't you glad, amen? You can look inside. You can say amen to those three things. Amen. I've seen the Lord's grace. Amen. He saved me. And boy, since I've been saved, you know what I mean? I've seen the Lord's goodness. He's been taking care of me ever, ever since I got saved. But you know what? He also took care of you even before you got saved. Amen. You just didn't know who to thank, right? Uh, uh, he took care of you even before you got saved because he brought you to that place where you could be saved. So he's taking good care of you all your whole life. And boy, aren't you glad, amen, you've seen his glory, amen. I've seen his grace, I've seen his goodness, I've seen his glory. A wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. A wonderful Savior to me. Or another way you can look at it, amen, in Psalm 22, you see the cross. In Psalm 23, you see the crook, amen. Uh, yeah, that little, uh, you know, what the shepherd carries. And then in Psalm 24, you see the crown the king and his glory. But uh, of course, we'll get down to verses seven through 10, but let's look at all the verses here. Again, verses one and two says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Here you see in verses one, and two, verses one and two, you see the glory of his creation, the glory of his creation. Notice verse one, it says, the earth is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's. And of course, that includes all that you see and don't see upon this earth, right? Uh, uh, they, it all belongs to him. All those mountains belong to him. All those great bodies of water, those lakes and oceans and rivers, they all belong to him, amen? Oxygen <laughs> that you don't see. Remember, that belongs to him, amen? So might want to be nice, amen? Uh, he, uh, he, he controls the oxygen flow, right? He controls the oxygen flow. So uh, uh, it, uh, it all belongs to him. But not only says the earth belongs to him, but it says the fullness thereof. So not only everything around you, but everything that's in this earth. Isn't that amazing? All the, he knew what he was going to allow man to create. He knew what he, the knowledge that he was going to give man, so he put everything in the earth that man would need, amen? Uh, he knew one day cars were going to come along, amen? He knew one thing, all this technology was coming along, and so he already put all the minerals, and, and he put all the oil there, and the gold there, and the silver there, and the copper there, and uh, amen? He knew that uh, uh, you men would 
want to get married one day, so he put diamonds in there, amen? He put diamonds in there, right? Uh, so you could win that woman's heart. He put all that in there, even the fullness thereof. And then it says, they that dwell therein. That's us. All the peoples of every land, of every kindred, tongue, and nation, they're all going to answer to God one day. And so the earth is the Lord's, man, everything you see out there, everything you don't see, and even the people one day, they're going to answer to him. So we see, amen, the glory in his creation, the glory in his creation. Then in verses 3 through 6, you, uh, you see the glory in his salvation, the glory in his salvation. Look at these verses, verses 3 through 6. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Boy, there's some questions. There's some challenges, all right? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Who shall ascend? Uh, into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? Man, not just anybody. Boy, uh, uh, Moses, he ascended into the, into the hill there, right? Uh, he went up on that holy mount, the Bible calls it. But who shall ascend or who shall stand in his holy place? That's a challenging question. Well, he gives the answer to that in verse 4. He says, well, hey, you want to go to the Lord's hill? You want to stand in his holy place? Well, there you got some requirements, amen? You got to meet a certain standard to be able to do that, right? It says, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity and sworn deceitfully. Now, look at what it talks about. He that hath what? Who can go there? He that hath clean hands. You know what that does? That deals with what a man does. He that hath clean mans, that deals with what a man does. Hey, it, God's watching what you do. He's watching what you do with your hands. He's watching your actions. Hey, young people, he's watching your actions. He's keeping track of what you do with your hands. Hey, you want to enter that holy place? Amen. You want to have good fellowship with the Lord? Amen. You want to enjoy the blessings of the Lord? Well, hey, it matters what you do with your hands. It matters what you do with your life. And then it says, he that has a pure heart. Amen. That deals with what a man thinks. Hey, before it even gets to the actions, while it's still a thought. Amen. Sister uh, Sarah, uh, she made that statement. He knoweth my thought afar off. And remember whether that's a good thought or a bad thought. <laughs> he knows it. He knows, amen, uh, uh, the pureness of your heart. He knows a Pureness of your thoughts. You say, well, I've never done anything like that. Oh, but chances are you probably thought it. <laughs> chances are you. That's why, you know, uh, people think the old, I said, man, you say, I'm glad I'm not under the law. Well, you know what? Hey, uh, grace is tougher than the law. That's why we got to have that grace, right? Because it, 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 under the law, it says, if a man do this, if a man do this, but under grace, he says, if a man thinks it, if a man thinks it, which is a higher standard, the action or just the thought? But hey, God not only pays attention to your action, so remember that. Boy, we can sit here and uh, uh, we can look good and we can straighten our tie and all that. Oh, man, but what goes to this? Man, I, I, I didn't do nothing bad this week, oh, but did you think anything bad? Oh, man, did you think anything uh, bad? Did you think it? You know, and, and it's amazing. I mean, you know, I'm amazed after, you know, at, at, at the young age that I am, amen? But after all these years of salvation, I'm still amazed at the craziness that goes through my mind, at the craziness that goes right. And while I think, oh, God, thank God I can plead the blood. Thank God, amen, I can stay in his word. And thank God I can cast myself, amen, upon the Holy Spirit. Say, oh, Lord, protect me. Protect, amen, my thoughts. Protect uh, uh, my heart. Boy, the worst thing a man can be left to is his own heart, right? But it says I have a pure heart. 
God knows what you're thinking. That deals with what a man thinks. And it says, hath not lifted up his soul to vanity. Not lifted up his soul to vanity. This, uh, this deals with how a man feels or responds to things, right? Hey, listen, I say it all the time. What's harder than acting like a Christian? Reacting uh, uh, like a Christian. And the way that, you, the way that you, you, you deal with things. Nor sworn deceitfully. This deals with what a man says. Boy, old James, it talks about that tongue, right? That dangerous uh, tongue. And the things that uh, uh, we say, whether, whether, whether it's something we say in anger out loud or whether it's something we say in quiet, amen, that, that gossip, amen, and uh, uh, pass it on. Hey, listen, we all got, might as well just say it. Usually, usually before I gossip, I just say, hey, brother, I'm just going to let you know this is gossip. You can go ahead and judge me for this, but hey, amen, I'm going <laughs> to, all right, just be honest. Just be honest. We're all uh, wicked, but amen, we need the grace of God. But listen, this reminds us, clean hands, what you do, pure heart, what you think. Lift it up as soul to vanity, amen, how you respond to feel things in your emotion, whether anger, things like that, nor sworn deceitfully, amen, uh, 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 the things that you say. We need to remind ourselves that we are accountable to God and we will answer to God in every area of our life. Boy, we remind people that, hey, sir, you're going to answer to God for what you do. You're going to answer to God for what you think. You're going to answer to God for the way you respond to things. You're going to answer to God for the things that you said. Every area of your life, you will be accountable to God. So, hey, boy, if you want to stand before God, if you want to have fellowship with God, boy, you got you to gotta go to God and get saved, and you got to ask him to help you stay right in these areas. But to such a man, it says in verse 5, he shall what? Receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such a man will receive blessing. Boy, Matthew 5, 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart. Amen. Righteousness, of course, this includes justification and glorification from the Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad that he gave that to you? Amen. Aren't you glad, aren't you glad that he's given you justification and glorification through the Lord Jesus Christ? And so verse 6, I like that. And it says, this is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face. Boy, uh, we want to be. I thought about that. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help us to be a generation, a generation that seeks him. Uh, Isaiah 55, 6. Now, this is Psalm 24, 6, but Isaiah 55, 6 says this. What a wonderful verse. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Boy, don't let, him, don't let God get too far from you. Stay close to God. Don't let a good distance get between you and your beloved Savior. But shepherd, be that shepherd, amen, that's at the front of the flock, amen. I just don't want to be a part of the flock, amen. Say, I want to be one of those sheep that's at the front of the flock, that, uh, uh, that's right there, amen. I don't, want to be, I, I, I don't want to be there behind some other sheep behind some other stinky sheep, amen? I want to be up there, amen? I want to be able to see his feet, amen? I want to be able to watch in the steps that he takes, amen? So I don't miss when he takes that turn or wherever he's uh, leading me. Uh, Lord, help me to be one that seeks you and that stays close to you. So we see the glory of his creation. We see the glory of his salvation. But here it is, verses 7 to 10, the glory in his victory. Now, we read this morning how he entered Jerusalem, Right? In a lowly and humble manner. But 
After paying the price for our salvation, he entered heaven. He entered his rightful place in glory and majesty. And I think these verses are a beautiful picture of that. In this psalm, like in Matthew 21, like this, they asked who he is. Remember, they asked who he was. But in Matthew 21, those people gave the wrong answer. But thank God, amen, they gave the right answer. They gave the right answer here uh, in these verses. Uh, look at, the, look at, the, look at the, those uh, uh, verses. Verse 8, who is the king of glory? Who is this man? Who is this head in this way? Who is that we see afar off? Who is this? He's the Lord strong and mighty. He's the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory should come. They ask it again. Who is the king of glory? He is the Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Selah. Now, uh, some people say this actually references two entrances. One, entrance, right? Uh, it says the Lord mighty in battle there. And they say that's a reference, amen, to when he, he came after he won the battle of our salvation. In the other place, he's called the, uh, the, the, the Lord of hosts. And that's when he comes, amen, with his uh, saints, amen. But either way, we see a triumphal uh, entry here. Uh, uh, so we see uh, this is a beautiful picture of his ascension. Uh, turn over to Psalm, I mean, turn over to Ephesians 4, 8, and 10, where it sort of mentions that. When I, when, I, when I was reading these verses, it made me think of Ephesians 4, where it says this, where it shows about his ascension, but it also talks about a couple other things. Ephesians 4, 8 through 10 say this, Wherefore he saith, look, when he ascended up on high, when he ascended up on high, boy, that's what we see in those verses, amen? He is ascending up on high. He's entering what we call uh, uh, the pearly gates. He's ascending up on high. And notice this statement. He led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. But notice uh, verse 9. Now, he that, now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first? Hey, the reason this is such a, a wonderful ascension, the reason this is such a wonderful and exciting ascension is because of what he did first. Before he ascended, well, that's, that's what makes it exciting. Not just the fact that he ascended to heaven. Now, if he, I mean, hey, if he would have ascended to heaven, if he would have came to the earth for 33 and a half years, but he would have ascended to, to heaven before he died on the cross, if he would have ascended to heaven before he shed his blood, before he was buried and rose again the third day, hey, listen, uh, that might be good for him because he was going back to heaven, but it wouldn't have been exciting for us, amen, because he left us in our condition. The reason it's exciting for us Amen, is because he is ascending, amen, and taking his rightful place, but he is ascending after he first descended. That's what makes it exciting for us. The fact that he descended first, it says here, look at this, verse 9 of Ephesians 4, now that he that ascended, what is it but that he also descended? Notice this, I mean, look, look how God can just take a, a, amazing things that have happened and just uh, sort of throw them in in just to a few words. But there's so much in these verses. Look at this. He also descended first. That is why we get excited about his ascension, amen? Because he descended first, nowhere Into the lower parts of the earth. Notice that statement. Into the lower parts of the earth. Well, what are those lower parts? Well, we got a little glimpse of those parts uh, when we read Luke 16, remember? There were a couple of parts. There was hell, and there was paradise. 
There was hell and there was paradise. Now, I believe he went into both parts. I believe he went into both parts. Some people argue that. But hey, I believe he died for our sins. I believe he paid the price for our sins. And listen, if I, if I were to pay the price for my sins, if you will, where would I go? I'd go to hell. That was part of paying the price uh, uh, for my sins. But then, amen, then he went over to, uh, then he, he, but of course, he, he didn't have to uh, uh, stay there, right? And then he, I believe he went into both parts, and then he went into uh, paradise. So there was hell, and there was paradise. But now there's only hell. Why? Because paradise was emptied. Paradise was emptied. Why? Well, that's where all the Old Testament saints were, in paradise, uh, remember, that's where Lazarus went in Luke 16. But you remember we read about Samuel the other day when Saul came and called Samuel up. We looked about that he still had his mantle. Remember what it said? He said, he said I see spirits and he cometh up. Remember, it didn't say he came down from someplace. It said he came up from somewhere. He was coming up from paradise. He was down there with those saints in paradise because they could not yet enter heaven because the blood had not been shed. The blood had not been shed. Amen. But once the blood was shed, amen, it covered, amen, it wiped away uh, 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 all, the, uh, uh, all those types and everything that they were trusting in in the Old Testament. You see, everybody gets to heaven the same way through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, they were set aside, amen. They got to go into paradise before that happened, but they didn't get to enter the very presence of God in heaven, I believe, until then, the blood of Jesus Christ. And so he went down there and then he led captivity captive, amen? Again, I, I, every time I think about that, I think about, uh, 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 you know, where, where somebody looking up over uh, the banister there in paradise and Jesus is heading towards the cross and somebody gets excited and says, you know, uh, uh, I always picture the old uh, uh, cowboy movie, right? Uh, uh, where, where the people are bogged down, amen, uh, uh, by, the, by, by, by the engines as they call them, amen? And then all of a sudden they see dust kicking up off the instance and somebody looks over and says, Calvary's are coming, the Calvary's is coming. And I picture that's how it was in paradise, amen? When they saw Jesus heading towards the cross, amen? Somebody looked over and they rang, they, they rang out across paradise, Calvary's a-coming, Calvary's a-coming, amen? And uh, Jesus went there and won the victory. Then he went down there and says, time, time to get out of here, boys. We're going home, amen? I uh, uh, love that thought, amen? He, Jesus came down and said, we're going home, amen? And he led captivity captive. And look, in verse 10, it says, look at this, he that descended is the same. <laughs> Boy, notice I, I love in the Bible when it says the same, all right? Uh, listen, uh, Jesus, the, the, the things that are most vital to us as believers, Jesus took care of himself. Amen. I love that song. My, one of my favorite songs, Day by Day. Amen. Uh, when it talks about how he, who, he, he, he put the care of his children to his own charge. Amen. He put the care of his children to his own, his own charge. That song talks about uh, that, 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 that verse reminded me when it said there is the same. Now, uh, Ephesians 4, 8 is a quote actually of Psalm 68, 18. Where is where that that's a quote from? But in verse ten, when it says it's the same, that reminded me of his ascension there in Acts one eleven. Remember when he was getting ready to ascend there in Acts one eleven, uh, right at the end of that forty days after he'd walked the earth. It says this in Acts one eleven, which all which also said. Remember he was he was going up, and the uh, the angels were there. It says the men were there, and remember the angels said something to the disciples. They said this in Acts one eleven. These men, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, 
which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Amen. Listen, uh, one day the, the same Jesus that descended is the same Jesus that ascended, and it's the same Jesus that's coming after you one day. What a wonderful thought uh, that is. What a wonderful thought that is. So a beautiful picture, amen. He ascended. And why is that exciting to us? It's exciting to us because before he ascended, amen, before the king of glory went through them gates, think about it this way. Before he, he said, before I go through the gates of heaven, I'm going to go through the gates of hell. He went, before he ascended through the gates of heaven in victory for you, he went down through the gates of hell and won the victory for you. Amen. What a beautiful thought uh, that is. What a wonderful thought that is. What a wonderful reality that is. He did that. This same. The same that ascended is the same that descended first. And he's the same one that's coming back for us. But notice again, verse 8, it says, who is this king of glory? Boy, they asked the question. Thank God they got the right answer. The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Well, you know, uh, we think about the great battle one, but you know, Jesus fought a lot of battles while he was upon the earth. You think about uh, after his baptism, he went into the wilderness. You see why he was upon the earth? The devil tested him. He had won the battle against the great temptation in the wilderness. He won that battle. And then the devil had him portrayed. And then he won the battle against Judas, right? Judas, Judas had to admit. Remember, he took the money back. He said, I've betrayed what? Innocent blood. Even the betrayer had to admit it's innocent blood that you're getting ready to crucify. It's innocent blood. So he won, the, he won the battle against the devil in the wilderness when he was tested. He won the battle against his betrayer. And then the devil had him crucified and he won that battle on resurrection day. You see, he always, he had a glorious victory, amen, over the devil in the wilderness. He had a glorious victory over Judas, his betrayer. And thank God he had the most glorious uh, uh, victory of all on our behalf on resurrection day. And then there in verse 9, it asks the question again. It says again, lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up. Pay attention to who's coming in. Pay attention to who's coming in. Ye everlasting doors, amen, uh, there in heaven, and the king of glory shall come in. He says, you know what? I like that. He says, listen, if you'll open up, that's a good message right there. If you'll open up, he'll come in. If you'll open up, boy, that's our, that's our message to the world. Then. Boy, if you'll, if you'll just open up your heart. He'll be glad to come in. He'll be glad to come in. And so lift it up, and then verse 10 it says, Who is the king of glory? And here it says, He's the Lord of hosts, the king of glory, Selah. You know what that Selah, man, you just, just stop and think about that. Just stop and think. Just pause for a moment, right? Just pause, right? Pause, right? It's a song, right? You got to pause for a moment. Well, while you're pausing, think about what you just sang. Think about, you know, we need to do that sometimes. Think about what we're saying, not just go through the motions. He says, stop and think about what you just sang. Well, you just sang about he, uh, him ascending, but before he ascended, what did he do? He descended. Before he went through the gates of glory, he first went through the gates of hell and died for you and shed his blood for you and was buried. And he rose again the third day. And now, amen, he's going to take his rightful place in glory. Hey man, that is a triumphal entry. The host of the host of all his saints which he purchased with his blood and who trusted in him. He's the Lord of hosts. Amen. And one day, amen, he ascended, right? 
uh, after he paid the price, one day he's going to ascend again uh, through those gates, but he's going to ascend with us, amen. And what a great day. Another triumphal entry is going to take place. So let me finish up here. But what a wonderful picture we have in these verses in Psalm 24 of the triumphal entry of our Lord back to heaven after gaining the victory over sin, death, and hell on our behalf. Listen to these wonderful verses that talk about his ascension. We'll finish with these verses. Mark 16, 19 says this. Mark 16, 19 says, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven. And what did he do? He sat down on the right hand of God. He sat down on the right hand of God. 1 Peter 3, says, talking about Jesus, who's gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being subject unto him. Verse, uh, Hebrews 10, 12 is a great verse about this. Hebrews 10, 12 says this, but this man, I, I like the way it says it, but this man, this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, after he descended, he ascended. And what did he do? The verse says, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down on the right hand with God. Amen. After he paid the price, after he descended, he ascended. After he paid the price, the work was done. He went and he could rest. Hebrews 1.3, we finish with the verse. Who being the brightness of his glory. Talking about Jesus. Amen. The brightness of his glory. Talking about Jesus, what Jesus is in representing God. He's the brightness of his glory. Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. He's the express image of his person. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's the express image of his person. Look at this. And upholding all things by the word, by the word of his power. Upholding all things by the word of his power. Look at this. When he had by himself, the same that descended is the same that ascended. This same Jesus, why stand you here gazing? This same Jesus, amen? Look at this. When he had by himself, what? Purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Praise God, amen? He reigns on high. After he paid the price, what are we be talking about this week? We're going to be talking about the passion, his death, burial, and resurrection. But thank God as we think about that and we think about the triumphal entry that after he did that, what did he do? He ascended on high. Amen. And who is this king of glory? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Let me tell you, amen. He's the one that died and paid the price for my soul. Amen. He's the king. He's mighty in battle. He's the Lord of hosts. Amen. Thank God he ascended. Amen. One day he ascended by himself after he, amen, paid the price for our sin. But one day he's going to ascend again. One day there's going to be another triumphal entry. And he's going to ascend as the Lord of hosts, amen? And he's going to have his host with him. That's you and me, amen? One day we'll get to be a part of a triumphal entry back into heaven. Let's pray.